let's get into it because there's been plenty of noise that's been happening over the last week and while the communications are hot we thought we'd set the record straight it's been pretty political but just want to clear the air now first things first this is not against the NRL plays. We've got to make that clear. Definitely not anything against the NRL uh, plays, wives and partners either, because we're really supportive of that. This is purely on the NRL and ARLC. So I want to make that super clear. Nothing against um, particular individuals unless they are pretty high up. So um, first things first off the top, just a bit of background for people who don't uh, know much about NRL but or NRLW. Um, the competition hasn't been postponed just once or just twice. It's now been postponed for a third time. Huge calendar in 2022, which we're all really stoked about. Um, but it comes with its challenges. And there's a few things that we need to talk about to clear the air. And just off the top, Alana, I have been told that Andrew Abdo, the CEO of the NRL, has been calling female players. What is this about? Well, look, I think it's really disappointing. I think it's a way for him to dump some issues in in the wrong places. These women are our rugby league players. Their job is to play football. Um, So if there are issues that are concerning, you've got to go through the right channels. The women, the days of women just being grateful to have the opportunity to play rugby league are gone. They shouldn't just be grateful. We've come, we've come leaps and bounds past that. So let's not go backwards. Let's go through the right channels. Stop dumping issues where they don't belong and sort out these problems first and foremost. Because the women are already um, in a really vulnerable position and a lot of them are, are too worried to speak up. So that shouldn't be the case and they shouldn't have to do that anyway. But certainly coming from the top and filtrating that way is really disappointing to know. It's quite disgusting. It's disturbing. Yeah, for sure. Well said. Ali, we've got to ask you, like, speaking on behalf of the playing group, how are the women first and foremost? How is everybody feeling? Uh, as you could probably see over the last couple of days, everyone's extremely frustrated and it kind of feels like we were getting somewhere with the NRL and now we're two steps backwards. So um, they ask for your input and then um, nothing gets done about it. They ask for surveys and, and they ask you to join every Zoom call they ever pod, put on at their time and, and it seems to just feel like they go nowhere and you're sitting there just listening to them tell you how they think it should be run when... Um, I think we have a right to have an input into that or or possibly have someone in the NRL who solely focuses on the women. Mm, There's so much uncertainty too, Ali, and and we've spoken about it, the miscommunication. But come August, what were you women preparing to do and and what we yeah what were you going through what were some of the procedures that that you were going through to make sure that when that competition ran you were ready for it yeah so with the competition going in august it got postponed um to the 30th of august that was the second postponement and we were following training programs that we were given um all the clubs we weren't allowed to train so um, we made the decision that Newcastle could train as there were so many players that had moved. So um, they were allowed to train together, but the rest of us had to train on our own and no coaches were allowed to be there. And And so we had these training programs that we'd, we would follow. Um, we would report to wellbeing through, through our different clubs, um, go to appearances. I know a few of the girls have been able to, in Queensland especially, go to appearances, be on Zoom chats, um, all of the above, waiting for that competition to start off on the 30th. 
um, only to be told on the 26th, so a couple of days before, that it was going to um, be postponed till 2022. Yeah, really disappointing. So when do you find out? When, like, that's the big question. Yeah, or where I found out or... Wait, when um, did you I, find out? No, so actually I found out um, on the chat with the RLPA and Andrew Abdo and... I don't know how many days that was before. Yeah, so it was the 26th and we were meant to start on the 30th. Um, we were also meant to get our first payment on the 27th. So because the comp was cancelled on the 26th, um, it was easy to just... Um, no, it's not on the clubs. Um, that's the big the big part. Um, the, the, they're getting very grey... Um, and miscommunication around what they should do with their players also. So they've got a fair bit of frustration there. But, um, yeah, so it was cancelled on the 26th, uh, meant to be paid on the 27th, meant to start on the 30th and postponed to 2022. And I found out at the at Parliament House um, that it was announced and it hadn't even been announced to the wider group yet. That is that. That to me is just—it's poor communication from the NRL, and they've strung you along. This isn't the first time that the women have been strung along. This is the most recent time, so we're speaking about it because it's just happened, and we're talking about the repercussions. But there isn't a calendar set out for the women where everything's locked in, and you're strung along days before. You're not only—you've not only prepared to go into those training camps, both online well-being, physically prepared, put your jobs on hold and careers on hold and families aside, but you're also expecting that income. I just think that's incredibly unfair from the NRL when they're obviously investing their time and their energy into making those calls for the NRL and making sure that's all all the compliance is done there and that all runs smoothly and the women are just pushed to the side. It just, yeah. there's no part of it that seems fair. We've got players from New Zealand that are still stuck here. Uh, there's players that have come into, travelled interstate to play NRLW and they're now in lockdown where they come from states of freedom. That's completely unfair. They knew about it. They knew the competition. The NRL knew the competition wasn't going to go ahead and they chose to just put it on the back burner and just hold off and wait. And now we've got women that are stuck away from their families, women with no income, which we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second. But it's, just, it's the lack of communication and the amount of time that it's taken has put so many of these women outside of where they should be so far behind, so far yeah. behind. I'm not even talking the four weeks. It's months behind. It's just, it's so unfair. And there doesn't need to be an enormous amount of comparisons between the NRLW and the NRL. We understand that they're different and the way that they work is different. But mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is the NRL players would never be treated this way. We don't need to compare salaries. That doesn't matter. That's different. We're yeah. making progress in the women's game, but there is no way that NRL men would ever be treated this way and that's a really poor concern that i think needs to be dealt with really soon we celebrate women in Layground, and we only did it a few weeks ago and a couple of weeks ago it's so tokenistic but just back on your point with the women we now have seven women stranded 
in Newcastle and can't get home, don't know when they're going to get home because the NRL ignored the issue. They should have been on a flight. It should be black and white. They should have been on a flight back to New Zealand when the NRL came up with the, the conclusion that Roger Tuovasashek had to be flying home because otherwise the borders were closed. I love these fan comments coming in. They're asking how they can help. We'll come to the solutions in just a moment. But um, it's super unfortunate, isn't it, Alana? And I know that you want to talk about those obligations and, and how the women can be paid now. Yeah, well, Ali, I want to ask you first. So for all the work that you spoke about before, everything that you've complied by, you've had to meet these obligations, you've done the online stuff, you've done the training, you've done every single thing that the NRL has asked you. At the end of the day, because you love rugby league and you want to put on the best possible performance, come kick off. You've gone through that work. Let's say it was four weeks because roughly it was around a month of work for four weeks. How much have the women been paid so far? Yes, yeah, so um, only one club's been paid their first payment and and it, like I said, it was meant to be the 27th for us. And um, so for that month of work, um, I did try and speak um, to the clubs about, you know, how we get that one payment first payment and they said it's unclear from the NRL so we're putting pressure on the NRL to make that first payment and they said it would have to come out of next year's contract so even though we've done the work this year we'll be expected to do more work next year and so it, it goes in um, three pay cycles so we'd get one this year and then we'd get two next year so um, so you're still working for that month for, for free yeah. essentially yeah yeah, no, okay. No, that's not the solution. Um, like we, we know this solution here and it's not up to the clubs to be paying those players individually. This was out of your control. This was out of the club's control. This came down to the RLC and the NRL and they just ignored the problem. It's them that have to foot the bill and they didn't pay you now. That, that should not happen whatsoever they have found plenty of quick fixes to help the situation with the men they're forking out 12 to 15 mil a month to, to suit the men's game up there in Queensland I'm pretty sure that fine money that all those players have been fine and for doing all those off-field incidents I reckon we could probably use that well Katie the current conversation between the RLPA and the NRL Andrew Abdo is that and, and this is in terms of paying the women for the work that they have already done, is yeah. that the NRL have come back and said, well, well we didn't budget to do that. Let, let, me, let me just go and crunch the numbers and see what we can do. <laughs> I'm sorry, but a month's worth of work, <laughs> let me try and crunch the numbers. Again, would it ever happen? In the NRL, absolutely not. But that's beside the point. It shouldn't have happened up to date, all we can do now is fix the solution. And the solution is the NRL turning their wrongs from rights and paying the women for the work that they have already done this season. Yeah. They've already followed the obligations. They deserve to be paid and it has to happen yesterday. Yeah, then that's the thing. If, you, if you're taking one thing out of this conversation, it is NRL, ARLC, 
right now. Put out the top of your list. Work on it right now. Finish listening to our live and get out your pens. Write some checks because that needs to happen. They need to have um, security. So right now, Ali, when you're looking to 2022, love that it's a full calendar. I know you do too. We've spoken about this. You've got two NRLW seasons to look forward to, a state competition, state of origin series, and a World Cup. Do you have any security over that 12 months? Yeah, so no security there. So what happens is we um, would sign five contracts throughout that year. So each team, so the first NRLW, the, the state of origin, that's a contract in itself. The next NRLW, the local comp, and then um, the Jillers or the World Cup. So that's five different contracts. So if I get injured in NRLW 1, um, and it's a season-ending injury, that I will only earn the income from that one contract. I won't earn any other income um, along with that. And same, you know, if, it, if you're injured at origin, you miss the next NRLW. Um, so, yeah, that's probably something that's happened this year also is people have changed um, shifts for work because they knew NRLW is coming up. So they tell their their employer that they're starting on August 1, um, that they'll need to finish at, you know, 3 o'clock every four days or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so they change their shifts around and then when they go to their employer and say, hey, um, NRLW's been cancelled, can I have those extra hours back? Um, what's an employer meant to do? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll just swap everything for my one employer. So we've actually got girls that have lost income even though no competitions happened. And if those girls didn't speak up, no one would ever know what these girls go through. So, um, and that's girls in Queensland. I know we're not in lockdown here, but that's girls in Queensland that are potentially have left their jobs to play NRW, knowing that it's going to happen and moved and changed shifts for work. If, if they're small business owners, they're actually changing shifts for their business and they're actually at a loss. So, no football's been played and we've lost income considerably. I want to focus in a little bit more on exactly how this conversation started and it's, it's around the lack of contract security. Now, we're, we're all about talking about these topics, but we need to propose some solutions. We've given that. We need to pay the women for the work that they've done. Um, but the big one around con contract security, this is one that's been floating around for a long time. There's no CBA for the women, um, but it's a, great, it's a great time, the perfect timing to bring in that security. We've got a 12-month period of football. These women haven't played for the best part of eight months, which mm -hmm. alone is enormous. We're then expecting them to go into the 12 months with zero security. Ali's just spoken about parts of the things that they have to give up. There's far more than that. There's far more than that. That's just touching the surface. But what they need is that security. So heading into 12 months of footy, we're not going to have a calendar that looks like this again because of COVID, which is absolutely fine. They've had to jam pack it. So they fit it all in. That's great. The women will get remunerated for the two NRLW competitions where they would normally only get paid for one. So we're making up for it, which I think is great. But the workload has to bring on things like injuries that the bodies aren't prepared for. So a solution 
this is only one solution. It's a proposal. There could be many out there, but something's got to change. And it's all about how do we get these women contract security. Now, the second NRLW competition, the NRL are looking at bringing in an eighth team, uh, two, two more teams. So to take it from the first NRLW competition is going to be six. They want to expand to eight. Because we've got such a huge calendar, why can't we just focus on the year that it is? Let's keep it at the six teams for both. And how we introduce that contract security is having players signed to an NRL club for a 12-month period. Now, what that would look like, what it, what it looks like now is they're only, as Ali mentioned, they're only contracted in those little lumps. So if anything happens along the way, they're stuffed. They've got absolutely nothing. But to get that security, what it would mean would be Ali Brigginshaw signs with the Brisbane Broncos for 12 months. She's now got the 12-month salary. There's plenty more that comes with that. There's the high-performance training, um, looking after injuries and management and having all of the coaches um, supplied to you. So there's plenty that comes along with that. But the biggest one is that security. Yeah. And then if Ali was to go on and play further representative football, play for her state, play, represent her country, she's then remunerated on top of that. So she will get those financial bonuses as they do to represent either New South Wales or Queensland or play for the Gillaroos. But the fact that there is absolutely no security and they're putting everything on the line is absolutely wrong. So we've got the chance now heading into a 12-month period of Women's Rugby League to make sure that these players are well looked after. What will that do as us for a game? It will increase the product because they've got so much more available to them and they're being looked after properly. It will get the boys and the girls at home to tune in more because the product will be even better. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. She watches the footy. She says to me when the boys are on, Mum, put the girls playing footy on. She's two-and-a-half. Like These things are ingrained in kids from when they're little and we want to grow the game. So let's do it properly. We've got a great opportunity to bring some security for the women, which is only going to benefit our game, not short-term, but long-term, and it needs to happen before another game of football is played so that the women can plan their calendar for 2022. If I'll further that point, I will say, moving forward, the NRL need to introduce an NRLW board. Like right now, there are about four or five really hardworking people on that working group, and it is simply not enough. It is not enough. Um, they, they even didn't replace the general manager uh, last year when they did the restructure at the NRL. So they are working 24 hours a day. And I don't need to name names, but those people know who they are. And it's not against you. It is against the ARLC and the NRL top dogs. They need to be better. Because at the end of the day, if you want to prioritise this women's product and if you talk about the fact that you care about it, show us you care about it. Have a separate NRLW board, just like other sporting codes in Australia and around the world. And that way, it launches the same time as NRL. And Ali, you're not finding out that you're playing in two weeks' time in two weeks, you, you know in January what your calendar looks like so you can be a professional. And so for, for all the people, men and women, who are bagging the talent of NRLW players, you won't have that issue. Wait till you see what an NRLW player can do when they get to play footy for 12 months. I guarantee you women can show the world what they're made of. So we just need to be really passionate. And at the end of the day, Lana and Ali, I know you'll hit on the head, but if we're just rugby league fans, whether you're a girl or a boy, it's not, it's not that hard.
Well, that's it, right? We love rugby league. We live and breathe it. Uh, it was my first love and it's still the thing that I bloody love more than anything in, else <laughs> in the world. But let's finish on a positive because it's what it's all about. We want to make this game better. We need to do what's right. So mm -hmm. hopefully we are drawing attention to that and we can get people to share this message so the wrongs from the NRL are made right. But we love rugby league. Ali, you are the pinnacle of a rugby league player. You captain or you captain your, your, club, your state level. Um, the Jillaroos, the Brisbane Broncos, you're as good as it gets in my eyes, and I've said this publicly um, covering the games and commentating many times, you're the best female NRL player at the moment, but you're such a good advocate for our game, and thank you for giving us these facts and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. But before we leave on a positive note, why are we doing it? Why are you doing this? Why do you love rugby league so much? What does it mean to you? Yeah, um, the main reason I play the game... Um, obviously I face challenges as a little girl being the only girl and wanting to play the game that I loved and I never wanted anyone else to ever have to feel that way especially little girls I don't want them to ever feel like there's no spot in the game for them and and that's something that I still fight now like it, it would be easy sometimes to just walk away from the game I know I love it but sometimes the pressure you get put under to make decisions on what things look like and the million chats and surveys you have to do to make sure the game's the best product, it can sometimes take away from the love of the game. And, and I don't want little girls to have to go through that. I know there's plenty of men in the NRL that have little daughters and I want to see them watching their daughters when they're retired playing on the big stage. I don't want them to face challenges. And it's not just about the men, um, the male players and their little daughters but to see that firsthand, they know what an NRL player should be treated like and I want them to know that they, their daughters are going to be in the best hands possible with the NRL knowing that they can fulfil their dreams. So I do love the game and I love the support you get. Every female that plays the game, they're so passionate. You can just see it when they run out on the field, the way they play the game, they're just all so passionate. But I just want the stress of everything else to go away and the game be set up perfectly for these girls to come through and just play the game they love, cop no criticism, just play and I'll be able to sit in my recliner watching them, cheering them on and, and feeling <laughs> that I've done the best job I possibly could do. And you'll be watching it all, all over the TV screens, listening to it on radio, seeing all the women in real life because it'll be a full year by that time, I have no doubt. Just for all the fans listening, thanks so much for tuning in. And Ali and Lana, thanks so much for being part of it and organising it. Such big voices. And to everybody who may be a little hesitant, please share with your mates, share with your family. This is so important that we all jump on board because everybody has a grandmother, a mother, an auntie, a mum or a sister, and you wouldn't want any of them to be treated in this way. So let's finish on a high. And we want to encourage more women and more men to play the greatest game of all. So we'll leave it there. But thank you so much. Thanks, guys. No, thank you. And spread the word, everyone. We love you. <laughs>